Before we start this episode, I just want to say you may have seen a post like this on Instagram or Twitter about feeds going back to normal, but Black Lives Matter. And the same thing applies to podcast feeds. Your podcast feed may have gone back to normal, but Black Lives Matter, and there's still so much work to do. So there's going to be a link in the description from Twitter user Botanical Dyke. She made this awesome Google Doc that has bail funds, memorial funds, actions, advice for protesters, and so much more so that we can focus on action items welcome to the special delivery podcast i am your host special and on this show i like to sit down with artists to break down their latest project so on this episode loe gino calls in to talk about his upcoming album growing pains and we talked about everything from the cover art to the title and every single track from the features the producers his writing style and so much more so let's get into it my name is L.O.E. Gino. I'm an artist from Berkeley, California, associated with Kill F&B. Yeah. L.O.E. Gino is here. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to talk about Growing Pains. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. I'm tired. I've been pretty much driving with no service. I was hella nervous. I didn't know if we was going to be able to like do the interview on time. You were right on time. You're all good. All that stress for nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got to talk about Growing Pains, and we have to start with the title. Why the title Growing Pains for you? It's a popular uh, Nipsey Hustle interview where he was talking about how he went through every um, emotion while like pursuing what he's pursuing. And I feel like any up and coming artist that's independent, they probably feel the same. And so growing pains, if you look at it from like a business perspective, every business when it starts out, like when it's in the startup stages, they have growing pains, like shit that they're trying to figure out to get everything together. That's kind of how I felt when I was uh, putting together this project. And I think that's such an interesting way to think about it, because when you think about growing pains, you think about individuals growing up, teenager and all that stuff. But it's like, no, it actually comes from a corporate business place, too. Like anything you make is going to have growing pains because everything grows. And I think that's such a cool way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like with this one, it's it's a lot more stuff that I've gotten together because I'm independent. I just got distribution with like Empire. I don't even have a manager. So like anything that you see me doing is pretty much like on me. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's a lot to manage sometimes, but that's just kind of all a part of it. It's all a part of the growing pain. Definitely. And when it comes to the cover art, it's absolutely gorgeous. Can you take us to where you were? And did you take that photo? Did somebody else take it? What was the process behind the cover art? Uh, shit. So, like, if you look at all of my music, it's always me wearing Birkenstocks is like a staple or whatever. Birkenstocks with the socks. <laughs> oh God. So, like, truthfully, it was no like bigger like introspective meaning behind the project. I just didn't want to do it like from the same angle of looking down at my feet, and we just thought it'd be tight to just take that picture. But we was in Benicia, in the middle of nowhere, just kind of doing a, um, a freelance shoot. And then we just thought it'd be tight to take that. It came out dope. Like it really embodies you. And it also, I think that you kind of have a way with colors that I think is so expressive. And I think that that cover really sums up the way that you express yourself in colors, I think really comes across on that cover. So it's super dope. Yeah, the magenta, that's like, it's weird. It's like one of my favorite colors. Um, Blues clues and shit. When I was young, they used to always have the dog on there. That was magenta. So that became one of my favorite colors. And then, I don't know, like, the, like, the spiritual type stuff, but um, my homeboy told me that that's one of my aura colors, mm. it's like the magenta and silver, yeah. That's really making it full circle, <laughs> from, the, oh, yeah. from the blues clues to the aura, goodness gracious, I love it. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> we only humans, what's your favorite vice? 
Life ain't shit, we out here killing time. I bleed my soul in and I feel alive. I want that feeling till I fucking die. Can't carry on, but feeling numb inside. We smoking, drinking, trying to feel a vibe. I bleed my soul in and I feel alive. I want that feeling till I fucking die. You probably never know me, no matter what you show me. I never liked the streets, they never loved my homies. The first track self-sabotaging produced by garza how did you know that that was going to be the first track i didn't the original track didn't have drums it was Mm. literally like a key it was this kid in oregon he was like 16 he sent me like a loop of just literally the first key is like doom doom and then so i recorded the song over that and i sent it to garza and had him add like drums and stuff and then we added the layers um tree thomas did like a vocal layer and then um this is artist from san diego uh Mario. she did another vocal layer so when the song was finished i didn't even know if i wanted to use it because it just sounded kind of like different but once all of the other music was done it was like oh yeah this should be tight to open it up all their different vocals just kind of invite you in in a way. So I was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense for it to be the first track. Yeah, it's like cinematic a little bit. You're bringing us into the movie. Take us to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to make sure the guards and mom don't come in here and trip on so don't get in trouble. Yeah. They taught me as a boy not to show weakness. Mama taught me how to lead and not to be sheepish. People taught me not to trust because they keep secrets. Culture taught me how to fight keep breathing. Never taught us how to grow and how to pay taxes. They gon' teach us how to trap into the state trappers. Love ignorance so much that I hate rappers. Feel this whole shit congested like bay traffic. I can still feel the warmth of my granny smile. In third grade, getting roasted for my hammy downs. Bulletproof Bourbon, again, produced by Garza, with Ross the producer. What was it like approaching that one? I don't know if you've ever heard of Bullet A Bourbon. I don't drink, but teach me. It's a bourbon, I think, from Scotland. I don't really, don't quote me on it. I don't really know where it's from. But um, I went to record one day, and Garza had some. And I was like, bro, why are you drinking this weird-ass alcohol? I was even trying it, like, with cream soda, and it was hella, hella good. <laughs> that, just, <laughs> that just became our little staple drink. And then um, we ended up making that song that day. So I was like, it just made sense. But I didn't pronounce it bullion. It's like bullet. And then bulletproof, just because it sounded tight. <laughs> Nice. What was it like bringing those two producers together? Had they known each other? What is that relationship like? Garza, just like the main producer that I work with, and then Ross, shit, I just connected with him over Instagram. And uh, what he did on that, he played the guitar. Like when, when me and Garza made the song, it sounded like it was missing something. And I just tapped in with Ross and was just seeing if he'd be down to do the guitar. And it came out hella tight. That's so important, though, like hearing something and being able to not only admit that like okay this is missing something but being able to figure out what it's missing like there's definitely a talent in that yeah it wasn't even like it didn't sound bad but everything with this one i just wanted to sound full and so i kind of was over analyzing every single song at some point it's not even like oh it sounded bad it's just about elevating it i know my auntie look at me and say i'm overworked but when it's all said and done say i know my worth fuck a budget need a price i'll make it work because i sacrifice it all I moved on. Now it's over. I moved on. It's time to sprout my way. 
track number three, the first single, Moved On, featuring Rex Life Raj. You, of course, toured with him last year. What was it like making a track with him and making this track specifically? Man, so the reason that I put that song out first was because the project that I had before this was Burning Sage. The Moved On song was supposed to be on that project. Uh, Raj just, it took him a minute to send his vocals over, I think because he was on tour with Boss. So once the song was done, I wasn't able to make music. I went into like the weirdest fucking writer's block. Oh, wow. I don't know. I think because um, Burning Sage did pretty good. Like it did pretty, it did better than what the previous project did. And then just in general, it did better than I personally expected. And so it's like, fuck, where do I go from there? It was like the only song that I had after Burning Sage. I couldn't make um, anything that I felt sounded just as good as it sounded to me. And then once everything ended up coming together, I got out of it. It felt fitting to drop first. As far as Roz and being on a song, he always just kind of like looked out for me when he never really needed to. So you were saying the writer's block was kind of cured by the song coming together or what stopped the writer's block? What stopped the writer's block? Uh, truthfully, probably tour. I got hella inspired doing on tour. From Berkeley, we don't have like a lot of successful ass artists. I mean, we do. A lot of them are like behind the scenes, but being able to be like, on tour with the, probably the biggest artist from my city. It was hella, hella inspiring. And I actually lost a family member when I was on tour in the middle of all of that. And I was just like, fuck, bro, like, I got to go harder. You know what I mean? And eventually I just started writing until I didn't have writer's luck anymore. I don't know. I had to slip back in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's so much power in that and just that juxtaposition of being in, you know, incredible places with an incredible artist and, and just all that energy and then losing someone and just having to really balance all of that energy is it's really rough. Yeah, I hit like a moment where I was just like, fuck, bro. What I'm chasing is up for grabs. Like I'm, we, we literally tour across the country. It's like, I'm right here, you know what I mean? And then losing somebody, my cousin that passed away, he was young. And it was just like, fuck, I don't got no time to waste. I got to go as hard as I can. And then seeing how hard Ross still works, like he's an incredibly hard worker. I've been around like some pretty successful artists and he's probably like the most tapped into caring about, you know what I mean, what's going on. Even like the small details, he's an incredibly hard ass worker and you're able to see it in his work. The people know from from the captions to the lyrics to the harmonies, everything is just so well done. You embody that as well. You're able to really take that from him and make that your own too. Like your details are on point. Yeah, I'm up, up in the way. Navigate through this life and feel like nothing is safe. Niggas living day to day, they need a blood to the face. If your intentions ain't clear to me, you just in the way. Success is on me. I've been watching people peak and be the best they gon' be. I've been dodging for synthetic. I prefer it low key. If I decide to sell my soul, just know it's not going cheap. Yeah. Life's a bitch. You gotta vibe with it. Fill up big gray truck and then we vibed in it. Track number four Flash on Shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like making that one? Truthfully, because it's only like, what, like a minute of me rapping? I recorded that song in probably like three minutes one take and then it was over Damn. um oh shit that's how i record a lot of music it's pretty fast like the part that takes the most time for me is probably production but i mean once i was done it was hard as fuck to me i haven't liked it that was produced by my homeboy vignette and then i had drew banger at he did a little bass track on it i had did like three different verses for it after i had initially made the first part and then none of them sound right so it's like it slipped into the me talking in a high-pitched voice basically correcting people about always mispronouncing my name the second part, Flash, who is the dude that does all my graphics, so he took the picture. 
the cover picture. <laughs> he was on shrooms when he called me hella randomly. I was on a feature for somebody. And now I just recorded it in the studio. And it, was just, it just sounded hella funny because he was listening to that song. When he called me, it was like, right, your music is so fucking fire. It should sound hella good right now. Yes. Yeah, it was just hella funny. So I just figured put it on there. Yeah, but I think it was so important that you did kind of touch on the fact that people do pronounce your name wrong. I think by starting that conversation in that way, you're kind of correcting people in your own way. And I, I think that that was super creative. Yeah, I mean, shit, low-key, I don't be hella pressed. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I've opened shows before, and then I've gotten announced Leo, like Leo Gino. Wow. Like, how the fuck do you possibly, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I don't be taking it to heart. It does need to be corrected, though, at some point. Yeah. I don't really smoke, but if I do it, then I'm a rolling fat. See me on stage, now she ask a friend for my app. Looking at this life for what it is and never get too confused. Don't let me end up in the ground before I get a million views. My thoughts run deep, but I'm still shallow-minded to a Jedi Gino, goodness <laughs> gracious. I will admit straight up, I am not familiar with Scandal of the Dark Lord, but goodness <laughs> gracious, please introduce us to Scandal of the Dark Lord. <laughs> uh, stand on the dark lord that's actually um left the pharaoh brother that's his older brother dope and his shit he just like big bro he's very very different and probably will be very very misunderstood but i always tell him he could use that shit to his advantage but yeah that's big bro his family part of kill fmb he hard-ass worker himself too that is his brother and nando still works like he doesn't have any you know what i mean steps up or hand dancing which is tight were you guys able to be in the studio together for that one, or was it a file sharing thing? Uh, it was file sharing. Yeah, actually, uh, Rex Life Raj made that beat too. Mm-hmm. Shit, it's different. I feel like it's different for me, but it's probably one of my most favorite songs, probably because it's different. And me and Nando, we're so different in our styles that we'll have hella music together. So it's special to be able to have a song that I personally like and I'm going to put out. We're going to shoot a video for it with him. You know what I mean? Because that's going to be. I was wondering if you guys were in the studio together because that's the energy. That's what you felt. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's interesting that you guys file shared that because that energy is crazy. So you already know that video is crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. Cultivated from a friendship. Communication always been shit. Never judging who I've been with. Any other would have been split. Talking feelings when we get ripped. Let her listen to your dreams. Tell me all that you believe. Let her argue, but it's good when we agree. Time apart, feel us long. No, I need you by my side. I'ma always pick your side when you fin about the bitches at your job. Never phoning through a message, calling me for protection. Track number six, Unmastered Fire, again produced by Rex Life Raj. What is your relationship when it comes to producing? Do you sit down with him and he plays stuff, you pick it? Does he send you a whole batch? What does that look like? Damn, I don't even remember making that song for real. So the first one, the final song doesn't sound like the original beat. I guess Garza co-produced too, technically. He just sent the files for that one, and then we just changed it however we wanted. And then with the second song, I named it I'm Master Fire because I think Raj lost the stems for it. So we just kind of had to put it out as it is. Um, but usually if I get a song or if I get a beat, then it's going to change. It's going to change if I don't feel like it's complete. That's kind of hard with a lot of producers because I'm hella technical about production. Rap is really easy for me. 
at least now it hasn't always been like that but rap is like it's easy for me to make a song when i'm like feeling hella inspired creatively but i always want to make sure production is right that's a whole other part of the process is knowing that's how you feel about it but finding people that are cool with it so i think that that's an important part of the experience yeah for sure yeah yeah and life too short to not do what you want so keep it lit Smoke if you smoke, nigga drink if you drink, nigga go where you want, nigga do what you think, nigga stumping through the mud and fuck the time it take. I gotta find a place where my mind is safe. I think my I think my fears just overwhelm me. In the dark, I spark the light. I walk on fire to feed my family. I hate the world. I hit the weed. Sometimes I question God like, why I had to grow into a man without my fucking daddy? I love my girl, but sometimes she really can't stand me. A lost soul in this world. Surprise, I'm still standing. Selfish. Can you introduce <laughs> me to Nookie? Nookie, uh, that's, that's literally just my brother. We're not technically related, but that's literally like my best friend. And he doesn't rap like, at all. Shit, I think the last time we made a song was like ninth grade. And he was uh, dabbling into recording and shit. But I feel like he still went crazy on it. He always been saying like, bro, I just want to get in the lab and make one song and one song. And then that was the first song he created and it was hella tight to me. So did you have to convince him or he was down? Like, coming from ninth grade, that's a long time. I think I recorded my verse. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I don't even think I recorded my whole verse. It might have been like a one. And then I sent it to him. And he was like, all right, bro, this is going to be the one. I'm going to get on it. I'm like, all right, because I guess. And so I finished my verse. I finished the hook. And then he happened to come with me to the studio that day. And he was like, oh, yeah, I got something for it. And then he recorded it. But he made me go downstairs because he was like, Nigga, you gonna roast me if you hear me rap. <laughs> <laughs> so he went, I went to the door and I was listening. Anyway, so he recorded it and it sounded tight to me. I love that. <laughs> he was hella self-conscious about his voice, but shit that happened when you like first started to make your music. But he tight. He got another song too. He probably not gonna put it out. We all bitch ass Staring out my window, watching trees pass. Niggas soft as bean bags, riding music on the bus. Never had no free pass. Niggas rap like beat rap. Pussy niggas need knee pads. Always taught to think fast. You're not first, you gon' be last. Oh my god, I'm so inert. Extroverted, introvert. Notice how I'm going up. They not fucking with my vert. Put a rapper on a shirt. In the trenches, goonies lurk. Break me till I leave this earth. Passing trees. What was it like writing that one? You talk about how things come out really quickly for you. What was it like writing that one? Shit, I ain't gonna lie. I think that was the first song I wrote, like, on tour. Yeah, I wrote that, like, on the way to, uh, think, Seattle. It was quick. It didn't really have a direction, but I hella liked the beat. Uh, Garza made that. I hella liked the beat. So I just kind of did whatever on it. I had somebody play the trumpet on it. Mad Matt produce productions or whatever. Dude from Vegas, he played a trumpet on it. And then when it was done, it just sounded tight to me. So I was like, fuck it, I'm dropping it. I see it's all too much for you. Neff's interlude, just bringing together some of my favorite people in the Bay, from you to Drew Banger to Julia Lewis, Neff, and then, of course, Vinay. What was that one like making it? 
me and Ness had purple cup. It's like a house tempo. And I hella like the way it came out. And then we have like another song that's came out. House tempo. And so Drew Banger just sent me that beat and I just sent it to Neff and then like probably like three hours later he sent me the hook back and then I was like fuck this shit tight and so I did my verse on it and then once it was done I was like fuck I hella want to drop it but it don't sound complete and so I had Vignette out just a couple keys after yeah <laughs> just another like compilation that song that just ended up sounding dope to me yes i love it yeah. yeah i'm not sure how he and julia lewis split the beat like who did what but yeah it was dope no it all came together manifesting all the blessings that's gonna fall on my lap i swear to god it's always something that keep holding me back they stripping niggas at the park while they buying a sack my nigga this ain't telegraph better know where you at hold up hold up feel good feel good feel good i'm falling away hold up hold up so smooth but i wish a nigga would i'm falling away hold up hold up Put your hands up, just don't never stand up. Spread love, man up, that's the only answer. Probably kill us in the street for I put my hands I'm up. In the way. I'm a product of the streets. Lil B, the bass god, that's me. Bees, shout out Deshaun. Came in the game with the futon. The last track, Fuck Brian and Cena, featuring the bass god himself, Lil B. Goodness gracious. Before we talk about Lil B, we have to talk about the importance of Fuck Brian and Cena, of course, the officer who was involved with killing Sandra Bland. And before this call, we had talked about the importance of finding value in your voice and your art because sometimes when movements are happening and and this necessary revolution is happening it's hard to figure out where we as human beings fit into it why was it important for you to not only make that song but title it fuck brian and cena i'm not even pronouncing his name correctly fuck him (laughs) i just looked at it and i'm like i'm not even pronouncing that correctly so again like that song was made at least like my part of it it was made before even the my arbery so before george floyd and everything happening Cause I be doing going down rabbit holes of like information and finding out. I don't know. I'm weird when it comes to like learning stuff. Um, I like hella go in. And so I was revisiting all of this stuff from Sandra Bland and the whole situation, and then watching the video and shit over and over again. And, and it just it just hella inspired me. Even though I, in the song I didn't speak directly to that situation. Uh, I named it Fuck Brian and Cena because that's pretty much like that situation is what inspired me to write that song. You know what I mean? I think that that's powerful. I think that sometimes you can say it directly in a song and say what you're talking about. And sometimes just naming it kind of brings it full circle to where it's like, oh, that's what he's talking about. So I think you did a good job of that. When we hear about something that strikes us and is important to us, we do go down these rabbit holes. And with these 24-hour news cycles and all this accessibility to information, like it can really take a toll. So it's like find the power in the information, but also take a step back and make sure that you're good because absolutely disgusting and disturbing and can really fuck you up yeah absolutely like with everything going on i touch on these type of things all the time and i might not even do it as much in my music but if you come talk to me we're gonna have conversations about just social injustice in general or injustice in general not even social injustice and once everything started popping up with all of the george floyd i felt pressured to create something surrounded that speaking directly to that because like the um fuck brian and cena song that was done before all of it anyway um when i tried to create i really tried the song it just did not sound right and then i started like reflecting like fuck bro like i'm literally only doing this because i personally feel like obligated to be talking about this type of stuff because i'm somebody that is known to be talking about this type of stuff you know what i mean yeah and uh, it's just hard as a creative because it's like 
I don't want to compromise like what I'm doing, but I also want to like let it know like that I give a fuck, you know? Yeah, depending on who you are, like this is part of us, but we don't necessarily know how to express it into the music. Yeah. But if you really know a person, you know that that's what they're about. And it's, you know, I think it's all trial and error, like trying to figure out how to do that. And I think that's why this song especially is so important. Yeah, for sure. And then we got to talk about it. I, I remember when I first saw the track listing, I was like, Lil B, yes. I, <laughs> there's always going to be controversial shit around him. But if you're from the Bay Area and you've met him or you've seen him live or you just listen to as much of his music as we have, like he's just such an icon. What was it like teaming up with him, especially with both of your guys' Berkeley roots? Shit, it was tight. I've been wanting to do a song with Lil B for hella long, but also I never tried to force it. Kind of just built a relationship, talking back and forth all the time. Anytime I do something, I send it to him. He never even gives me advice. It's like, oh, he's bro, you're amazing. This shit is dope. What yes. the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's literally how he is. And it's not from a place that's ingenuine. So it's, he might be misunderstood a lot of the times, but at the end of the day, he's just a good person. He is who he is. And that's not for everybody to understand all the time. With that song, I had a second verse on it, and it was speaking a little bit more directly to, like, the Black Lives Matter movement and all that. But I didn't like it. It didn't sound good sonically. So I sent it to him. I was like, hey, bro, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this. I don't want to scrap it, but I probably will if I have to take this verse off because I'm not like it. If you fuck with it, if you down to throw a verse on it, whatever, whatever. And he replied back, like, bro, don't ever lie to me and say that anything you do is not great. <laughs> this song is great. <laughs> I was like, damn, thank you, little B. Yes. <laughs> but he fucking sent the song back, like, the next day. Wow. And he hella liked it himself. That's dope. He's constantly doing things, so for it to be a straightforward one-day transaction, like, that's super dope. Yep, and I turned in my project that day. He sent his vocals, so I turned it in. Yeah. It was over. Of course, if I haven't convinced the people, go check out Growing Pains. Anything else you want to tell the people about the project? June 30th, go check it out. Doing, like, a bunch of merch giveaways and everything in the following weeks. Um, just stay tuned. Thank you so much for taking the time, sharing the stories for the music, the art. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for talking to me. No problem. And thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. That link again from Botanical Dyke with a Google Doc and all the different actionable items to support Black Lives Matter. That link is in the description. And then, of course, as always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence.